0: Fifteen years ago, Beth and I decided to believe God for something big. Maybe not big to some people, but certainly it was big to us. God challenged us to leave the comfort of our comfortable position as the pastor at First Baptist Church in Perry, Florida, to start a new work that he would call the Orchard Community Church. Immediately, I started a list as to all the reasons I shouldn't do it. At the top of the list was I had no experience at it. I'd never seen God do anything like this before. And so immediately my faith was somewhat challenged. Secondly, planning a church, uh, a new church at my age was something that was really, frankly, a little bit risky. Um, We we were going from a comfortable position in a traditional church that was over 100 years old to a new church with, uh, well, basically nobody but Beth and I. It was. A little bit risky. Second, third, it just seemed illogical to us why would god take us out of our comfort zone and why would god move us to something so different just didn't seem logical or rational to us as a matter of fact even our grown children would remind us that it really didn't make a whole lot of sense also it was going to be hard work (laughs) i had just turned 50 and so the idea of hard work was a little bit intimidating again energy levels not quite what they used to be but god had clearly challenged us clearly challenged us to believe him that he was about to do something big i'm here today to share with you that i'm convinced that it's time to believe god to do something big again are you willing to ask god to do something big in your life? When's the last time God did something big in your life? Now, I know big is a relative term, and I understand that. The things that seem big to us are certainly not big to God. The the, the things that seem big to one person may not be the same as what it seems big to another. But in a general sense, when's the last time you saw God in your eyes do something big? And are you willing and ready to trust Him to do that? again. I think that's the importance of the series we've been in for the last weeks. We need to understand that God stirs in our hearts regularly a need to remember what he's done in our lives, to remember what he's done in the past, and to trust him to do something in the present, and to do something big. Our hearts cry have been, God, do something big. Do it again. The problem is, as time passes by, sometimes there are obstacles to belief that come into our path, or at least it's been my experience, Now, I've seen God do big things, starting with my salvation when I was only nine, seeing God reach down and touch a nine-year-old boy and offer him eternal life and forgiveness of sin and a, a place in heaven, that's huge. I've seen God do some big things, like a call into ministry at 15 and saw how God changed my personality to fit what he had called me to do. I've seen God do big thing in church after church and experience after experience, but sometimes with the passing of time, there are obstacles that hinder our belief or or hinder us from trusting God to do something big for example time can often be accompanied by fatigue we get tired over a period of time the Christian life is certainly not a playground it's a battlefield sometimes time can be accompanied by discouragement we get discouragement in the work we get discouragement in our family we, we get discouraged in our career sometimes sometimes time can be accompanied by contentment isn't that odd but sometimes the very fact that we get comfortable and content can be a hindrance to believing God to do something big. In our fatigue, we question God's power. In our discouragement, we question God's plan. And in our contentment, we question God's very purpose for our life and for our existence. But. It's also in these times, in these very moments, that we can dare by raw faith in God to reach for new blessings, to reach for refreshment in our souls, to look for God to do something to bring renewal to our lives, for refreshing winds, for refreshing fires of revival. That's what we've been talking about. Uh, You probably know, many of you probably know, that since his transition to the role of lead pastor, our pastor Chip has challenged us with two burdens on his heart. Two burdens that frankly will require God to do something big again. I do believe God did a big work when he planted the orchard 15 years ago, but I think he's ready to do something big because he's burdening our pastor's heart. You remember those two things? First of all. He held a burden and challenged us to impact lostness in North Central Florida. To reach out and ask God to move in the lives of one percent of our population in north central florida that would profess to be non-christians would profess to be unsaved one percent now that doesn't sound like many until you put the numbers together and then you realize that's a huge work of god it would take a huge work for him to use our church to impact one percent and yet that's the burden of our pastor's heart. Secondly, now, he felt a burden for months about revival, having true revival, a, a God-sent, sincere, authentic revival where God's people get serious about the work of God and serious about knowing God in a personal way. Two huge things. Can God do a big work again? Is, is he ready to do a big work again? Can we believe that God will do what he did before and do something big? I want to take your attention to Psalm 85. Every time I think about revival, when I think about renewal, it seems that Psalm 85 always comes back into my memory. Uh, Like several Psalms, Psalm 85 seems to fit uh, the period of Israel's return from exile. Alexander McLaren, noted theologian and Bible scholar, said the book of Nehemiah supplies precisely such a background as fits the psalm. A part of the nation had returned indeed, but to a ruined city, a fallen temple, and a mourning land, and they were surrounded by jealous and powerful enemies. Now it sounds like a perfect setting for psalm 85 and even if some would argue for an earlier writing of the psalm there have been plenty of times in israel's history when they had seen god work and bless and then through captivity through different things they had Their land was depleted, their relationship with God was destroyed or at least hindered, and they were mourning in the land. So Psalm 85 takes that picture. Last Sunday, we talked about Haggai, and we talked about the return of Haggai to rebuild the temple. Nehemiah's return came a little before that. Nehemiah's assignment was to rebuild. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So Psalm 85 really fits that. I think you'll see it as we read it in just a moment. There's two things I want to point your attention to and two big observations that I think we make. First of all, in the first part of the Psalm, the first couple of verses, the, the psalm writer um, recognizes and mentions that God did something big. He did something big among his people. And then the second part of the psalm that we'll read shows us that the songwriter believed that God could do something big again and pleads with him, God, would you do it again? And even in a bigger, greater fashion. So let me read the psalm and then we'll unpack it just a moment and see what we can learn about revival. First of all, Psalm 85, verse 1. He says, Lord, you showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave your people's guilt. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your fury and turned from your burning anger. That's what God did in the past. He says, God, we, don't re- we, we haven't forgotten how you have restored us from captivity. You've forgiven us from the sin that sent us into captivity. And we remember how you have moved in our hearts. And now comes a request for God to do something again. He says, verse 4, return to us, God of our salvation, and abandon your displeasure with us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger for all generations? Will you not revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your faithful love, Lord, and give us your salvation. Boy, do you hear that heart cry? God, we saw you do something in our past. We saw you move in might and power. And now, Lord, we're asking you to do it again. Will you forgive us our sins? Will you revive us again, O Lord? I want to really focus in on that sixth verse. Let me read it one more time, and then I'll unpack it quickly. He says, Will you not revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you. There's all kinds of things I see in that verse and, and the verses that surround it. And I think, thankfully, this psalm will tell us and show us, give us a clue at least, of what it takes to experience real revival and what it takes to believe God for something big again. So not only is this psalm going to be inspirational for us, I think it'll be instructional. And we can learn, okay, God, we want to see you do something again. We've seen you do something big. Now we want to ask you to do something big again. How do we set that in motion? Four things I want to point out to you. One, we need a renewed awareness of God's presence. The songwriter said, return to us, God of our salvation. The songwriter realized we cannot make it without your presence. We need to have an awareness of your presence Friends, we cannot overstate the importance of the presence of God among us. The very scriptures indicate that and witness to that as the very first of the Bible, the very first book in the Bible, Genesis 1, is all about the presence of God. And then the last... Chapter in the Bible Revelation 21 is all about the presence of God and everything in between those bookends is really telling us all about The importance of the presence of God we talk about worship and and how worship is so important worship is simply really enjoying God's presence worship is simply uh, knowing God intimately and enjoying him personally enjoying his presence God's presence is all we need, and we should never settle for anything less. We need revival in our hearts today. I need revival in my heart today because my flesh works so hard to make me self-aware. It works so hard to make me aware of me, 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 me. But what I need is to be aware of God's presence in my life, God's presence in our church, God's presence in our community. He is all around us. The problem is, we often don't take time to see Him nor recognize Him. The second thing I see here is that we need to cry out for forgiveness. Verse 4 again, abandon your displeasure with us. The songwriter pleads with God to have mercy to forgive the sins there's a confession here there's an admission here and there's the truth here that that god must forgive sins and move sin in our hearts and lives out of those hearts and lives revival will not come apart from confession of sin and genuine repentance you'll never be aware of god's presence as long as sin is prevalent in your heart and in your life God's presence is what we need. Confession is what we need. Repentance and forgiveness. The third thing he mentions is this. We need to trust God's promise. There's that verse. Now let me read it again. Will you not revive us again? Now that's important because there's an implication there that we don't want to miss. The implication is that God brings revival. That we can't bring revival. We can't conjure up revival. We cannot manipulate revival. We can manipulate religious experiences. We can manipulate um, uh, conservative habits, morals. But we cannot manipulate God into a revival. It is His plan. It is His will. Will you revive us? Again, this was a simple and wonderful prayer for revival. It recognizes that revival is not man-made, but it's given by God. Yet it also recognizes that one, you and I, must also pray for revival and pray with godly expectation that God's going to do something big. Once again, this prayer for revival implies that people were alive once and, and but have died in a spiritual sense. And now we need to be spiritually alive again. This is what the church almost always needs, and it's how revivals come. What we need to understand is that we need to trust God's promise that He wants to work big in our hearts and lives. He wants us to be revived. He wants you to be renewed. He wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to come out of that tired condition into a refreshed condition. Let's pray and then expect God's promise to be true. Expect that God is going to work. Jesus said, if you'll only believe... He said, All things are possible. Now, all things is really big, right? If you'll just believe all things are possible, we need to forth and finally rest in his power. Once we've trusted his promise then we rest in his power. The psalmist said show us your faithful love Lord and give us your salvation. Show us your consistency. Show us your faithfulness. God we're going to rest in your power. You're the one who saves us. You're the one who offers salvation. You're the one who offers redemption. You're the one who offers peace and joy. You're the one who offers refreshment. Our renewal is found in you and in no other. That must be our prayer and we rest in his power and understand that if anything's to be accomplished, it will be through his power. If we are to be used of God to impact 1% of north central Florida, 1% of sinfulness in, in, in Florida, if we're to be, be used to impact our communities, if, if we're to be to be used in that way, only God can do that. If revival is truly to come, only God will do that that. As these challenges that burdens that God has laid on Chip's heart and that he has transferred to our hearts. Now, we have to realize that while we work steadily and while we pray diligently, it is God who must bring it to pass. We must rest in his power. That involves, of course, believing that God is going to do it again. What a prayer. God, we've seen you move and do big things in the past. Will you do it again? So dear friends, I want to ask you today, will you believe God to do something big in your life? Are you willing to throw out the risk? Are are you willing to ignore the reasons why he wouldn't? And, And will you trust him to do what he has promised in your life, in your family, in your career, in your community, in our church? Revival is all about an awareness of God's presence, His power, and His purpose. We've got to come to trust Him and rest in that power. We have to believe that God is ready to work. You say, Eddie, I don't know if I can believe that. Maybe you need to pray like the man who came to Jesus with an epileptic son, and Jesus said, if you'll just believe, your son will be healed. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's been my prayer many times. Lord, I believe. I want to believe. I, 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 I'm trying to believe. I, I, I long to believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And by the way, he'll do that, and he'll do something big. Or maybe you're here this morning listening, and you've never seen God do anything big. As a matter of fact, you haven't really given your heart to him, yet you're, you're not a Christ follower. You're just kind of here exploring. Well, listen, the first thing that God wants to do big in your life is to offer you salvation through his name. He wants to offer you the forgiveness of sin, a home in heaven one day, and a life that is filled with abundant joy. Right now, you can invite Christ into your heart and into your life through prayer. There are people listening right now, waiting for your call, waiting for your message, waiting for your tag, just waiting to help you in that way. I encourage you to call. So, the challenge for us today, let's believe God that what he's done in the past, 15 years ago, he did something big By planting the orchard, he wants to do something even bigger today. Have the orchard moving as his tool to impact lostness in our communities and to experience genuine revival. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. And thank you for the way you work in our lives. We want to trust you, Lord, and believe you, Lord, for something big. Will you not, please, Lord, revive us again?